0: Hi everyone, it is Leanne here on The Takeover. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in ages and I know for a fact that you have been missing me. What more can I say? I'm back with the splash of purple. I'm gracing your screens at least for the next 30 minutes. I'm sorry we were a couple of minutes late. You know, the little technical issues that just kind of get in the way. Yes, they were there as usual. I've got a wonderful, wonderful guest on uh, with me today, and I'm so excited. And I'm sure you will tell by the synergy of the conversation, just how excited I really am to have this person on the show. This person is a chartered physiotherapist. They are, like me, very passionate about life itself, almost in a way that is electric. It's um, contagious, the energy and I'm just loving some of the stuff that he is exploring at the moment within our profession and outside of it, but just merging the two, which for me is what new world, new age, physiotherapy should look like. We are encompassing everyone, we are encompassing everything, and we are exploring everything that I think makes up life itself. Without further ado, I'm bringing onto the stage Sudhir (laughs) Deya.
1: Hello, Liam. Thanks for ha- having me.
0: <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I am I feel very, very honoured to have you on the show. So this is, um, I think this is a really exciting show because we've had lots of conversations offline about lots of different things. And every time we speak, I always leave the conversation feeling really, really inspired and empowered. And there's a, a podcast, I think, that Simon Sinek's done. And he talks about when you leave a relationship, you know, a conversation, an engagement with someone, if it's been positive, you should feel energized Mm. by those interactions. And I always feel energized by our interactions, Sudhir.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to bring you on because of some of the stuff that you are doing outside of physiotherapy, but that I think relates so heavily to physiotherapy and to the communities within physiotherapy. So Mm. Yes, I've explored that you're a physiotherapist. Yes, I've spoken about the fact that you're a transformational life coach. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about a couple of events that you'll be hosting very soon. Mm-hmm. One of them is the Man Cure mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about some of your work in the LGBTQIA plus um, side of things. I want to talk about you know, human behaviors and mindset. And I know we've only mm-hmm. got 30 minutes and I feel like I'm gonna be bringing you back at some point soon. <laughs> But I Welcome to you, to, you know, your, your take and your vision on, on physiotherapy now, you know, number one, you've not, you know, you've not been raised here in England. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to talk about, you know, all of the things that you feel kind of feed into who's major mm-hmm. you are today. Mm-hmm. Tell us more, tell the audience.
1: So I think starting off, just to acknowledge that I'm a gay, cisgendered, able-bodied male of South Asian heritage, and I grew up in um, apartheid South Africa before coming over to the UK. And um, I work in the private sector, just so everybody knows, and I run three businesses. I run Integrated Health in London, which is a health and well-being uh, clinic offering physical and mental health services. I run Physio MCST, which is a mentoring, coaching, supervision, and training training um, company for um, mind body work practitioners so for example I teach acupuncture post grad and then I run the life architect which is a human potential consultancy empowering people to design and construct the life they want to live offering coaching speaking facilitation and training services so that's a little bit more about about me um, I currently sit as the chair of the CSP's LGBTQIA network, and of course, I sit on their BAME network as well. Um, physio and my journey into physio. Um, my mom was a physio.
0: Oh, right. Anyway,
1: so, um, and interesting enough, in South Africa, she was one of the first intake of um people of color physiotherapy because the profession was very white and South Africa of course is a very segregated country and she was in the um one of the first cohorts now she stopped working when all of because I have three older brothers we were born so I I don't know how much influence has but also can't deny it do you know what I mean it was there and also I come from a a medical family um and I guess I saw how hard medicine was for my um parents and and my brothers and my dad so I just thought oh I'll do physio um I studied physio in Cape Town it was I loved it I loved studying physio I worked in South Africa and then came over here and I think there my journey of self-discovery started I actually went through a phase when I hated physio I actually went to a career counselor and really thought oh I hate this profession and it took me a long time to work out something that ken Robinson talks about in his book the element he talks about your tribe but he actually divides your tribe into your domain and your field Mm -hmm. the domain is what you do like physio and whatever msk neuro whatever and the field is who's in it with you and what i realized i didn't hate physio i just realized i wasn't doing it the way that i wanted and i didn't find my people who were doing it in that kind of thing because I felt physio was very I mean we went to a physio school which just trains you in that way you know um and so it took me a long time and hence I work in the private sector and do a lot of things collaboratively uh, independently rather than being employed because I love that freedom
0: I love it I mean I <laughs> you know the, the movement into identifying who you are as a person yeah obviously means that you are picking people up on your journey aren't you all the time Mm -hmm. because that seems to be the the synergy with who you're with at the time Mm -hmm. and then you realize that that's not you or it doesn't bring out the best in you or it's not what you want and you move along and you meet more people and you're constantly Mm -hmm. I'm going to say picking up and putting down people Mm -hmm. Um, not in the literal sense but in a way that Every step, every time you meet someone, you're finding those people who belong to your tribe. And mm. for a long time, you know, I did go to the um, BAME network um, mm. meeting many years ago. And I think people have heard me say this before. And I got dressed up thinking that when I got there, mm. I was going to see loads of us. And I mm. like loads of black people. I was going to see loads of Indians. I was going to see loads of people of different colours. And when I got there, there were about 12 people in the room. Mm. I was mortified i could not understand where everyone else was like you cannot tell me that i'm the only person of color and these other 12 or 13 people are the only people who want to have some kind of voice within what we do and and at the time i just thought you know what like you said you want you wanted to do physiotherapy the way you wanted to do it and you wanted to express that in a way that you and i wanted to so when i left that meeting i thought to myself maybe i'm not impactful enough to be able to mm-hmm. make change you know mm-hmm. in this way so you know what i'm gonna go and play ball my way and mm-hmm. that then got me networking and the networking then opened up doors to me i didn't need to i realized i didn't need to meet other physios to have conversations to build mm-hmm. my business or yes i could have clinical discussions with physios but it didn't it didn't define me if i didn't mm-hmm. roll around with a whole load of other physiotherapy mm-hmm. and and the more i started to open up those avenues and those channels for communication, I started to, like you say, you know, fall in love with the profession in a different in a different mm-hmm. way. Um, I'm so excited by your story. I feel like we could talk forever. And <laughs> but what what I think also gets me about it is that, mm-hmm. and we've spoken about this off air, being gay, mm-hmm. um, growing up in, you know, in a divided world, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Being a, 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 a minority, you know, not being black and not being white, but being brown. Mm-hmm. All of these things potentially mm-hmm. being challenges on your own self-esteem. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and daily, daily, not mm-hmm. like because somebody's, you know, cussed you or something, you know, told you your nose mm-hmm. is big or your forehead mm-hmm. is too broad or you're too lanky or none of mm-hmm. that. The stuff that you that would make you feel different mm-hmm. to everyone every day. Mm-hmm. How how have you dealt with those differences here in the UK within physiotherapy? And, and and how that's then driven the work that you find yourself doing now?
1: I think we must we must acknowledge shame and particularly toxic shame comes up or really. anything in a in a world that is with all its predominance of cishet, white, able-bodied, all that feeds you that who I was was fundamentally wrong was it, it, it took a lot of work, and it continues to take work. Uh, it's a, am a work in progress. I continue to seek support, get help, because I have to unpack all these things. And I think there's a theme that runs across so many of these things, and I call it naming the unnamed, so making the invisible visible, making the unspoken spoken. We just don't speak about it. And I think particularly in the UK, there's a very much... Um, you know i don't know what the the the, men, the, the mentality or the, the, the there's often innuendo connotation and subtext and implication we never really you know name the beast call call a spade a spade you know what i mean we go around the block and make a detour so there's a theme about coming to the uk and um, you can be very polite and very pleasant yeah. you know what i mean and very politically correct but actually, we don't get anywhere. I also
0: think it's easy to be all of those things and to be patronising.
1: Oh gosh, <laughs> totally.
0: And some people do that really well. Um, yeah. in in when you talk about shame, and I obviously do, I'm always for yeah. this as we're chatting. But when you talk about shame, like these things are maybe in our culture as British people, yeah, I'm gonna Mm -hmm. say as a British person, Mm -hmm. that words like shame, these are like dirty Mm -hmm. words, shame, Mm -hmm. vulnerability, you Mm -hmm. know? And immediately the connotation is negative, you know? This shame can't ever become something that then becomes positive. And I was saying to you off air about the fact that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's so easy from a behavior point of view to default to negative we have to build and create positive for it to mm. look and feel good but negative mm. is automatic like mm. we go there first you know mm. how do your programs help people and i'm using the word help specifically mm-hmm. help people to i to see things in a different way to alter perspective how, how mm. you know this is this is a big part of the reason why you're here with mm-hmm. me today perspective how do mm-hmm. you help people to, to 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 change that
1: i think creating a safe space that talks about these topics so for example i created the man.i.cure project to talk about structural patriarchy for me it was something that i felt wasn't coming up in public discourse we were talking about hashtag me too but for me the theme and i guess my background in behavioral science looks for themes and binding integrative themes and for me structural patriarchy was linked to misogyny all the domestic violence the issues that females face in our society from the gender pay gap um it's to male suicide and male fragility to bi trans and homophobia that exists in it so for me the the, the, the bedrock of that is a structural structural patriarchy and this just creates a safe space where we talk about it we explore how it looks how structural patriarchy looks how it speaks how it talks what's the language it uses and we just explore it in a safe space and i think the fact that we have a safe space that we can just even talk about the topic is a starting point it's the naming the unnamed Mm. we come back to that theme Mm. we don't have to solve it this no. is the thing. In our physio mindset, where we fix it, do it, you know, we must fix it. We don't have to explore. Sometimes these phenomenological things just need space to breathe. And they will emerge, to whatever emerges.
0: And maybe, like you say, I mean, we're almost like fine-tuned to find the problem, create the solution, And then at the end, like round it off, like tick, you know, what was Mm -hmm. it? What did you put on the discharge summary? Mm -hmm. Were they 25% better? Did you give them an onward referral? Mm -hmm. Like we almost need to feel like we've wrapped stuff up Mm -hmm. and. Yeah, actually the safe space, the room to breathe, the just just being able to express yourself is Mm -hmm so much more important than feeling like you need to close chapters even when you talk about you know you're a work in progress well aren't we all but but i always question this stuff we're a work in progress when we acknowledge that we're a work in progress like i can't make changes if i don't know where i've come from if -hmm. i don't know what my thoughts are about a particular topic how do i move Mm -hmm. forward when you ask me what i think about something well i haven't thought about it so i can't answer you Mm -hmm. you know Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this is some of the stuff that really fascinated me about joining some of the talks that you've done um, Mm -hmm. and even listening to other people from the LGBTQIA community, Mm -hmm. when they then give their thoughts, their feelings, Mm -hmm. I feel slightly sick inside when I've listened sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm Like, is this how people are, you know, I know I'm walking around and have been with, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say some of my own challenges. But when I've listened to some, when I've joined the talks that you've done, number one, I'm like, this is amazing that you can create a platform where people feel mm-hmm. like they can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I feel sad that us as physiotherapists and as mm-hmm. humans have treated some people in this way. And we've, mm-hmm. we have obviously felt like we've had the right to do so because it's not one or two people that arise saying these things. It's a lot of people, yeah. and a, a part of me is like, I want to do on the show because I want people to know that mm. there is support out there. Yes, you are chairing in the on the CSP with the BAME. You know, I, I get all of that, but also, what can they get externally? You you are somebody who is mm. living it, breathing it, walking mm. it. You know, and to let those people know that you are there or you know the community that you have built is there to support people i want people to know what is out there for them within our profession
1: yeah and also like i offer a 3c session i call it a connect clarifying and chemistry check-in because a lot of people want to work with me and then don't know how they want to work with me so i just say come and have a free call and we can figure out so many so many of us also have not processed and now, with the social landscape changing, we almost feel that like we have permission, in a weird way, to now talk or explore those things. Even now, I'm still exploring my own racial identity, my own how I see myself. All these views they're constantly emerging now because I'm in a different space and studying the world in a different space, and it's okay for me to talk about that now, there's literature out there, there's people talking about it, I can see what, and so we are exploring and evaluating, I often talk about my, so Andrea Wright and I are doing a talk at VP UK this year, and we're doing a networking a uh, 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 session about um, cl- uh, colleagues are also clients discrimination within the physiotherapy profession Mm. and it's a really meaty because at the nub of this i believe and as i say this things will emerge for you i'm sure there is a notion an image an idea of the ideal physio that has been somehow drilled into us and as we're saying it now everybody's popping it up and they're thinking about in that time (laughs) and so what where did that ideal image Archetype come from, and what happens to those people who don't fit that idealness? Yeah, and there is interesting for me if you really want to dig and dig it. So, you know, often in other talks, I talk about my four P model. I talk about the person, the professional, the profession, and all of it sitting in this place. And so, we always lose the human aspect to it, and we connect as a professional treating the patients. We do that very well as a profession, it's our standards and ethics and all of that. But somehow there's a little disconnect between that somehow we can treat another professional badly while even while treating a patient with the same minority characteristic or protected characteristic fairly well. It's funny, so I'm a manager, I can treat someone who has a disability as a client really well and be empathetic for them, follow the standards, and then I have a colleague or, you know, someone who comes and asks about some reasonable adjustment and that's not possible.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's something there uh, and and that's why Andrea and I are keen to unpick what is it that's at the nub of this and there is, I think, a notion of um, there's an ideal physio and we behave this way when people aren't fitting this, thing of ideal physio
0: do you think that (laughs) because i've thought about you know i've thought about this and particularly when i um i try to talk about my my council address loads but this is why i'm so keen about getting into schools right Mm. because where does that notion come up now Mm -hmm. if if i'm teaching you about this from 10 11 12 yeah, immediately the notion of what you think is ideal is gone because mm. I, I didn't get to create it. Do, do you know what I mean? Now, totally. my grandmother was an orthopedic nurse coming home and saying to me, Leanne, I think you would make a really good physiotherapist, you know. She, in her head, felt that I would blend really well with the physiotherapists. She thought I could do that job, right? Now, at some point, you're right. There is a creation about an ideal. But i also say this about physiotherapists or, or, or people in care, people who work in caring mm-hmm. professions. We have people on an ordinary scope doing a job every day. And, and we have people who say this all the time. I don't like my job. Mm. I really don't like my job. Mm. I don't enjoy going to work. I don't enjoy my shifts. I don't love it. I don't. Yeah, we have people in jobs who say that all the time. You don't really hear people saying that in the caring profession. Mm -hmm. not not in the same way i don't think you Mm -hmm. might hear that they feel like they've got too much responsibility or that the job's a bit too demanding or but the truth is this there are some people who are doing the job that we do and they hate the job Mm -hmm. they don't enjoy it but it's what they've learned it's what's paying Mm -hmm. the bills Mm -hmm. and they feel like they have no choice so so they're there Mm -hmm. yeah now you're sitting in that space as that clinician, as that professional, and now you've got these people that you manage who need reasonable adjustments or who want to come and ask you a quick question. But at the heart of who you are, you're not really feeling the job. <laughs> so, so now, how do you give that your all your effort? How are you truly listening when somebody comes up to you with a need? You're not. Do do, do you see what I mean? So, when you're talking about what's at the nub of this, for me, how many of us are in the profession feeling like we get it, like we truly get whatever it is, you know, even as a phenomenon? Mm -hmm. What is it that you're supposed to be getting? And in the bit that you're, you know, in the place that you're standing, are you truly looking after the people that Mm -hmm. also are looking after you? Your colleagues will look after you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your patients, you have lots to glean from your patients. We know that this is all about life experience, isn't it? As we're treating our patients and building our own catalog of events and things that are happening. So maybe some of us just aren't in that space, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, like all complex, multifactorial, wicked problems, like from a, uh, they'll always be multifactorial, and I never think there's. you know, sometimes I think we look for the golden magic silver bullet, but what if the silver bullet is really a mixture of many different things, rather than one thing, you know, so while I mentioned, like, looking for it, it's an exploration into what are the factors at play, you know in the in these kind of in these kind of situations and you know you talked about something and it and, and it stirs up something about if you cannot see it then how do you know what you can become and this is about the visibility and representation so you had your grandmother you were saying you know who was there that was a form of visibility re, uh, representative mentor, uh, mentoring and that's i think things like your role now on council is massive because you are representing, you're being visible, people can see an option, yeah. you know, because the, we must acknowledge the physiotherapy profession, must name it, is a predominantly white, Able bodied, we must remember that for some a profession that works with a lot of disability, we are very able bodied profession, which is fascinating in itself, you know. Yeah. Um, very heterosexual, very heteronormative, very cisgender. So, we, we we kind of and interesting, also, enough as a profession, predominantly female. So, it, it's a very interesting mix here. Um, going on there. so we must name the profession bodies, and this is why I think your role as and Isha's role and all of them, and Rina's role all these people are take are important from a vi- visibility perspective because people go oh i could do that
0: mm. i think the option you know when you say about when you say it like that like for other people to recognize that it's an option because for a lot of people um the option has not been a thing you know that now this is another thing i can strive for achieve yeah. for and I, I tried to make myself um, put myself into a position where I'm approachable, because I always felt for a long time people certain people are in positions and you couldn't reach them. Mm-hmm. you know and I'm hey, maybe I make myself too accessible, but mm-hmm. I think it's um, important that people feel like they can reach you because I think that creates a sense of relatability in mm-hmm. every aspect, you know and mm-hmm. And the guests that I bring onto the show, are people that I come across that have allowed themselves to be reachable to me, you know, and mm-hmm. relatable to me mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. even to drive some curiosity that I think mm-hmm. well I'm not going to be the only person who's curious about this. Let's see mm-hmm. what you have to say. Let's bring mm-hmm. it to the show for 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Let's knead it out whether we get to yep. bake the bread at the end of it or not is irrelevant. Let's do that prep and and, and that's the space that I really you know that i really want to create here and i'm grateful you know to to, to jack who you know and the, the physiotherapy mats team who kind of are happy for, to embrace that um yeah. inquisitive nature of mine <laughs> yeah
1: and this is a great platform to showcase all the other different things that are happening and it's interesting you talk about the work you're doing it, it makes me think of the work we're doing in the lgbtqi plus network so for trans visibility day we talked a lot about gender assumptions so we, I'm trying to go for the gritty topics, the uncomfortable topics, not disruptive topics, but the, the things we have. Because sometimes we're so scared of saying the wrong things. We're so scared of making a mistake, which is also fascinating if you're going to look at it from a failure you know, perspective, like what is it that we, you know, and, and how do we cope with mistakes? And almost are we so perfectionistic as a profession that mistakes affront us so much? You know what i mean yeah. um yeah. and so we we're tackling that we talked about the next talk was racism in lgbtqia women, so that's also interesting because the layers within the layers you know mm. it, it, because we often forget that the oppressed can end up becoming the worst oppressors
0: that's very true and we that conversation came up in your the last talk i think i yeah. i joined with yeah. you and i was fascinated by that do you yeah. think that um and i know we're going to run short on time yeah. But do you think that for the work that you've been doing, particularly yeah. in the LGBTQIA mm-hmm. community, yeah. have you seen changes or heard changes from people that just make you go, This is right for me. I'm I'm doing the work and people are getting what they need. Do you do you feel that?
1: Yeah, 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 I mean, it's been, it's been massive to kind of be involved in the whole CSP's EDIB process now, which has been yeah. there, and that's going to change, that's going to set the whole change for future generations. So remember, there's also sometimes a legacy and inheritance we are giving. You know, we may not, and it's that long term, you know, things that we are working on now. So, yeah, we are now pushing for a whole restructure of the DNs that are being looked at. So, yeah, they they are, I mean, we're dealing with another uh, two interesting topics out out to sport and looking at um, the LGBT community in sport and who's, and are there even LGBT out physios who work in sport?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a
1: really interesting, the, the 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 structural patriarchy. So at the height of rugby and football and cricket, yeah. all our pl- our money sports, are there is would there be any out LGBTQI physio who'd actually work in those arenas and exploring that? And then obviously we have let's talk about sex, baby, which is our last to celebrate um, to recognise World uh, AIDS Day in December. We're looking at sexual health in the UK. Another thing we don't, and also um, um, for the trans community, like pelvic health, yeah,
0: like
1: you know where's that being discussed you know so there's amazing lights in the community who are doing so many things nico's incredible nico's Mm -hmm. doing some great work and so many people rachel moses i mean john i I don't want to name people because it feels like unfair andreas there's so many people doing great work you know in the darren and so many people they're all there doing things i don't want to name names but there are tons of people doing all of their things in their way in their community remember it all doesn't have to be big we no. kind of meso, macro, micro yeah. and everybody's working in the way that resonates with them and that's what's important so i say yes is the short answer to your question Thank
0: you How can people find you, just so we can round up How can people find you? Um, uh,
1: www.thelifearchitect.co.uk Insta, Facebook Twitter at Surir, uh, Suru is my hashtag on Twitter and on Instagram the handle is Suru Dyer, the Life Architect
0: I love it. I'm so excited by everything you do. And I think, you know, it's probably not possible for me to have my fingers in any more pies. So when I hear someone who sounds like they are equally, if not more busy than I am, I feel slightly reassured that I'm doing all right.
1: (laughs) You're a multi you're a hummingbird. And this is what hummingbirds and multipotentiates do.
0: I love it. I'm almost certain that I will have you back. Um, Great. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really hope everyone enjoyed this as much as I did. And I just I just can't wait to see some of the fruits of your labor, even if, like you say, it starts off small, to see what that growth is for our physiotherapy community. I'm excited, really excited. Thank you, Sudhir.
1: Thanks for having me, Leanne.
0: No problem, take care. Bye. Bye. Well, I've run over by a couple of, well, actually it says 12 seconds on my time clock here, I loved that show. You guys know how passionate I am about human behaviours. I'm passionate about building self-esteem. I want to inspire, excite. I want to educate people. And I, I want to create a space where people feel safe to speak their truth and their mind. I do hope that you've enjoyed this show as much as I have. And why not share this with a physio or your colleagues for a bit of CPD and learning? I think this has been beautiful. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of week. Rest of the week. I'm hoping that we can, um, well, hopefully we've had enough rain and we can kind of move on from that. And the last of, of some sunshine would definitely, definitely benefit us all, I reckon. Until the next show, I will see you very soon. I'm spreading the love and it's purple. Take care.